Welcome to today's episode of Candid Commandos. We are a diverse team charged with the privilege of seeking out deliberate communication focusing on the mutual development of today's AFSOC warfighter. Our goal is to have an honest conversation with subject matter experts from various backgrounds to further our understanding of leadership, development, and resiliency to everyday challenges we face as Air Commandos. Good day, quiet professionals. It is me, the Duke Development Team, Techno Sergeant Joshua Collins. I'm the co-chair there. We're here to bring you this professional development podcast. We decided we wanted to go ahead and try to capture some of these moments that we've been missing, these moments that we're not able to share with everybody because their days are too busy, drill weekends are too long, they're not on orders, or the active duty guys are always just on some operational thing, like, oh, we got to get this mission package shipped out. So we tried to see if we can capture some of these moments together and kind of provide that for you. And that's what we're actually doing here today. I'm actually surrounded by some great professionals, some great all-stars, some great rock stars that are around Duke Field and been around Herbert Field. And they've, they've been in ASOC for a good while, and they kind of understand, you know, what the commando mindset's supposed to look like, right? And that's why we're on here talking about candid commandos. But before I get too far into that, I do want to introduce one of those guests here with me today, a great rock star, a great, great friend, a great homie, just killing it. And I'm just trying to measure up to her, Crystal Cordrock. Though I do want to kind of talk about Crystal a little bit so you guys can understand where she's coming from and how she represents that Herbert PD. So Crystal, I don't know if you, you are nervous fill on the spot, but give give us a little rundown of Absolutely. how you got into this. No, I love it. Um, I am currently I work at the Professional Development Center. Um, I run the PDs for Herbert Field. Basically, I got into the job simply because I I find personal or professional develop, development very personal. Um, it's constantly changing and it's different for each and every person out there. Mm-hmm. And I learned back in the comm squadron, because that's where I'm currently, I, I used to work, used to work <laughs> at the comm squadron. And it's every single person there needed a different type of professional development, depending on where they're at in their life or in their career. And I felt very passionate and like I wanted to help everybody. But with my job, I was just unable to fill in that role full time. So when this position became available, I jumped on it and Excellent. I just, I went full force and I volunteered and I got selected. So I've been there for about five months now. Yeah. I have about a month and a half left and then I have to Sad go back. Face. Yeah, I have to go back to the comm squadron, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. I'm not going to go back into my hidey hole. I am very passionate about it. So I, I keep finding new and innovative ways to bring professional development to our airmen, which is why we're doing this podcast. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Now you volunteered, was it like an email or a text message or? Yeah, no. So usually when you get, um, this is a DSE. So yeah. yeah, developmental special experience. Um, you can usually find them on my vector or you can find them out through your chiefs. Your chiefs normally send out emails saying, hey, there's this experience opened up on base and you can volunteer for it. You usually turn in your SERPs, your EPRs, and then an interview process, which is intimidating and very tedious if you're a nerve wracking person like I am. So I went in there and I just, um, I talked to Senior Duhan, who is our career assistance advisor. And yeah, I was hired and I haven't stopped loving my job since. Heck yeah. So what you're telling me is don't spam the chief's email. Don't. Yes. Always <laughs> read those emails and always get on your my vector. I read that thing like once a week. There's always new jobs out there. I don't know about you guys, but wow. Just wow. This girl is doing so many things. And I'm just, like I said, trying to keep up with her. But it's it's really hard. But she actually brought over one of her partners in crime over there. He's actually one of the newer newer guys in that office. And he's actually ready to just provide all his experience and his wealth of knowledge. We have a Mr. Senior Lucas Levesque. How are you doing, sir? Good, sir. How about you? I'm just getting old, man. But I'm trying to hang in there now. You keep saying that. <laughs> the struggle is real. I'm telling you. It's just trying to, trying to be on time and upbeat and upright and then getting out of bed let me tell you the struggle is real i don't know about you yeah twist my ankles a little bit before i stand up <laughs> basketball all those years get the body all warmed up with us you know <laughs> right. so tell us a little bit about you where, where are you from and what brought you here well i'm originally from uh, syracuse new york although i haven't been back there in 20 years um like you said i work over in the career assistance advisor position uh, i feel like the different things i've done in my career have kind of led up to this position it's completely and totally made for me. Um, Originally came in as CE, spent some time doing that, had a little time in Red Horse, 
I was a tech school instructor, I was a first sergeant for a long time, and now I'm here and I'm absolutely in love with this position. Definitely, definitely. That dirt boy experience probably got your life like really going like, oh, I know what I want to do with the rest of my career, right? Yeah, well, I spent some time with the dirt boys. I, I did more uh, carpentry structures work, but yeah, I got a little bit of uh, equipment in there for sure. Heck yeah, heck yeah. It just now inspired you to just continue pursuing something further, huh? Just always, always pushing forward for that next experience. Yeah, I, I have the tendency to do something, get excited about it, rock it out, and then want to move on to the next thing. And uh, like I said, I feel like everything that I've done has led up to this position. You know, I feel like my mind is kind of past construction. I'm more into uh, helping people create the best version of themselves. Heck yeah. And is that is that help you decide what you wanted to do? Did you pursue school because of it or did you pursue work because of it? Yeah, so I started CCAF way back when I was a senior airman. I got my first one. Then when I was a tech school instructor, I got my second one. Um, as a first sergeant, I got my third one. I also got my bachelor's and my uh, master's when I was a shirt uh, in, in leadership, actually. So it, like I said, all of those things just point to one direction, and here we are today. Heck yeah, in leadership, all about that communication, all about that teamwork. It wasn't just about writing papers, was it? Hopefully not. Mm, <laughs> any master's degree is pretty much writing papers. But it was good because uh, I felt like I was actually learning. When I did my bachelor's, I felt like I did it for the wrong reasons. I felt like I was doing it for the Air Force. When I did my master's, I decided I'm doing this for me. I'm going to learn about it. And I took the time to read everything and really learn. And it's funnier because I got worse grades in my master's than I did in my bachelor's. And I don't think I put nearly as much work in for the bachelor's. I'm not sure why that <laughs> happened, but I feel like I definitely pulled something out of it for sure. Heck, yeah. No, I love to hear it. This guy's been pursuing education. I'm trying to measure up now. I'm working on my third associates over here. The second one's not official yet, but, you know, I'm milking it out a little bit while I work on his third associates. But I need, I need to step my game up, man. This man said he's got his master's done. I'm not even there. I'm, I'm trying to catch up. I'm like, well, what do I do next to catch up? But obviously, I have my next bullet, my next progression step I need to take. But before we dive too much into his life, we do have an amazing and an a inspiring and a, an awe. Just you got to sit back and enjoy the radiance and the energy that comes off this lady. Let me tell you, she is a first sergeant. She has been in a couple other careers. She was in the guard before. I'm not going to give you her whole story. I'll let her talk about herself. But my cohorts and my partner in crime. Kim Sensabella. Yeah, you start chuckling because I'm look, giving you side eye over here going, who is he talking about? So I have no problem talking about myself. I'll sit there and give my spiel. But at the same time, Josh, you are the grand poobah. We're going to kick it back to you because I can gladly take over and keep talking. But we're kicking it back to you, Josh. You are running things for us over here with Don't the Duke her. development team. You got stuff going on. You're bouncing all over the place where I can never keep up. And I'm always trying to find strides. So let's talk about where you started. So I'm kicking it Man. back to you Pooba. Where did I go. start? Where did where did this guy come from? Where well, did it go wrong? I know I was where did I make the wrong decision? It wasn't meaning her, I swear, but we don't rob any banks anymore. So it's okay. So <laughs> we rob banks. But uh where did it start for me? Man, I joined active duty back in 2009 and I was a maintainer. And it was like the one job I knew I didn't want to do because I did car maintenance before I came in. I was like, hey, recruiter, I don't want to do maintenance. I don't want to turn wrenches. I don't want a screwdriver. I don't even want to see a flashlight. He's like, okay, cool. No worries. Cool. Let's just get you through this ASVAB and get you to the MEPS. ASVAB came through. MEPS came good. And he's like, hey, I don't know if you know this, but you, you pretty much had every career field except, you know, a few on here that you can get onto. He's like, but if you want, if you add avionics maintenance on your list, because I see your list of jobs, which didn't include maintenance, if you add it on here, it'll be a great setup, especially if you're looking at being a pilot. I was like, yeah, I'd love to be a pilot someday. That's definitely the one thing I was thinking about. And he's like, yeah, so put this job on your list. It'll get you prepared. It'll make you smart. And when you become a pilot, you'll be that much smarter. I was like, I don't know, man. I saw this man three times. I say three times with two fingers. Three times. <laughs> Three times. And then the third time, I'm like, fine, add it to my list. It's number six. We only could have six on the list. It was number six on my list. It is my bottom job if no other jobs available. Two months later, he swaps out and get a new recruiter in. And she's like, hey, you're leaving in like three months. I was like, I am? She's like, yeah, you didn't know. I, like, I have no idea. She's like, great. We need to send you back up to MEPS to sign up for your job, and you'll be good to go. Okay, cool. Get up to MEPS. Guess what job's on there? Maintenance. Exactly. Maintenance. The one job I didn't want is on there. And I'm like, I didn't put these on. He's like, is this your list? Yes. Is this your signature? 
yes, great. So you're leaving for basic, and this is your job. And so uh, I did that, and you know, I had, I had a good time with it. Uh, I definitely got to experience some things I don't think I would have been able to experience right away if I didn't do maintenance, and I've definitely got to experience some new people. It actually took me out of the country for the first time. I'd never been out of the U.S. before. I've been to like Hawaii and Cali, but I'd never been outside the U.S. before. So I was like, this is the first time I've got to Germany, and whew, great time, except for the fact that I was abandoned as soon as I got there. Like, nobody knew I was coming in that day. The airplane landed, and I'm like, hey, where's everybody at? Cell phone wasn't working. Like, I had no, I had nobody's phone number. I couldn't pull up emails or anything because there was no, like, public computers for me to use. So I was like, uh, uh. Welcome to the military. <laughs> Welcome There's always to the military. obstacles and hurdles, but it makes you who you are. Exactly. Resiliency, Resiliency is the word. <laughs> I definitely needed it. And I'm like, all right, does anyone speak English? Because I don't know any German. <laughs> Thing. <laughs> Eye-opening experience, and that's what we're all about. Exactly. But no, that, that definitely brought me into what I am today, honestly. Like, that one experience was, like, the great setup for what I what I do now. It kind of, like, awe-inspired me. I was like, how do I find what I want and why I want it? Because I figured out quickly I didn't want to be a fire pilot. But I was like, what do I really want to do? And the one thing I know I really enjoyed was being able to help people. When I was able to train people, that was, like, the best part of my job. When I was able to be there for them, like, being a dorm leader, or, excuse me, a dorm president, uh, dorm council president is what it was called. That was great, being able to coordinate a lot of that furniture replacement and improvements that were happening in the building. I actually helped out with a big wing day there. We had a, a July 4th celebration over there in Germany. We were firing off fireworks, great time. And I was like, I know what I wanna do. I know what I need to find to do. I wanna be able to help people. And that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm kind of on that path now and trying to get more focused because I was just this ball of energy. And if you've, if you've met me, I seem like this great ball of energy, but I really didn't have a vector. I really didn't have a direction, but I didn't know what I was missing, right? I didn't know what pieces I, I needed to really guide me. And meeting people like Kim Sensabella and Sir Luke Levesque, I, I realized that it was professional development. It was, it was that piece that really tells you what kind of things you can experience and helps you learn and helps you helps you grow and mature and be able to be recept receptive to the new experiences that you have like the one thing the military does really well is is adaptation but it's not because the military is all about adapting but it's because we have so many changes that come so quickly we really don't have time to be settled into too many things for long in three to five years and it could be just because somebody pcs it could be because a new policy came down it could be because an afi is outdated whatever it is it's just like we have so many changes and it's not like, oh, we had one big change, we won't have any more changes for the rest of the 10 years. It's like, hey, we just had a change. Great, here's another one. Oh, great, here's another one. And oh, you weren't, you weren't quite comfortable with that one? Here's another change. And that's the one thing that I've appreciated. Like I, I, di I disliked at first, but I started to really appreciate because that created this very strong mentality, this very adaptive personality, this very changing lifestyle so that when things happen I wasn't like thrown for a loop like yeah I grumbled a little bit because I'm a maintainer I mean it's what we do best we grumble but when we grumble we also did the work at the same time and we got it done and that's the one thing that I, I will say I took from being in maintenance and it's brought me into what I am now which is intel with the reserves which is the best kept secret I don't know what to tell you guys about that best kept secret it brought me to intel I was like I don't want to be maintenance because I, I don't have enough opportunities to help people I want to be something else and they're like oh come be intel with the reserves okay cool let's check it out and I'm with the training, and that's all about training people. It's all about in informing people of either what's going on in the real world or what's going on in the unit, what's going on locally, maybe even for the base. That's, and that's the one piece that I, I was like, oh, this is helping. This is sharpening me for the moment that I want to be in and be prepared in. And I'm taking these steps now, working with the Duke development team to hopefully, hopefully, quote unquote, fingers crossed, be prepared to be a shirt one day. And that's the intent, right, is I, I want to be the people person. And, and with these experiences, I've been able to work with different personalities. You know, some of the wall wall crawlers and loudmouth people and very boisterous and eccentric people. And I've gotten to work with all these personalities and I'm kind of getting the chance to really roll that up and use that experience to benefit myself. But before I talk about myself anymore, because I don't have a problem talking about myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna jump while. back in here because I'm gonna <laughs> sit there. So, so I'm Kim Sensabella. I started out with uh, Alaska Guard. So from like New York and Florida City Girl all the way up to Alaska, Isleson, which is, uh, if anybody's not familiar with it, um, look it up. Uh, <laughs> just look it up, that's all I'm gonna say. Can't find on the map. No, uh, it's, it's small, it's small. It's a, it's a culture shock. It's a culture shock from uh, Orlando living to, uh, you know, you know the negative degrees. I didn't know uh, the temperature goes that scale until the military introduced me, that whole adapt and overcome. It introduced me what that's like. Um, so I went up there 
and I went into the guard and it was an amazing experience because that's when I realized that while active duty is phenomenal, it is a small force. No matter what anybody says, you're gonna find somebody in active duty, go 3,000 miles away, run into them in like a Walmart. I mean, how that happens in the military is beyond me, but the guard introduced me what it's like to be in a family living environment in the military. So it was phenomenal. These people grew up together, so many of them, and went to different places and then came back together to be in the guard. It was a, it was a new experience. So I went into maintenance supply, because like you, Josh, like I, I love maintenance. It's, <laughs> I wasn't in it, but I, I wanted to be on the outskirts of it. So I was maintenance supply and I, you know, KC-135s and it's a, just a, a great time. Um, and then had to, with my spouse, PCS overseas to Germany. Gosh, Josh, we're just like running with each other. <laughs> I know, right behind each other. But different decades. Um, <laughs> so uh, so I was over in Germany uh, at Ramstein and well, there's no guard over there. Mm. Surprising as it is, no guard. And we can go into the whole, like, who controls reserves and guard later on um, in one of our later podcasts. Ooh. But uh, went into the reserves at that point. So stayed still in my supply AFSC. And then from there, PCS once again, coming <coughs> over here to Eglin um, for my spouse and went over here. And I went and joined uh, the 919th. But at the time, we were actually the seven. 719th we were a detachment on Eglin so because I love that whole going active and reserves together so we were definitely TFI before there was actually a TFI whole construct we were already doing it so it was over at the 719th and then we disbanded and came back into the 919th and from maintenance supply I went over to do 2G world which is logistics plan so all those planners out there I get what you do and then from there, I am in the shirt. Versatile. I am the shirt right now for security forces. So that is the first sergeant. So, and I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love the defenders. I would, I'm diehard. While I was in ops right before I came over this, and <laughs> ops is ops. Gosh, <laughs> ops, ops is, is ops. ops. Um, I mean, if I would go back, I, I'd probably switch my if it seems stick somewhere in the ops realm because. They get everything, man. Uh, they, yeah, they <laughs> do. But now that I'm over with the defenders, I just like being, I just like talking to them. Yeah. I think I said to all my UTAs, I'm like, tell me your stories. Um, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to do a job with them. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to actually work for them, but I just want to sit down and talk to them. Have so. you tased or sprayed or anything Because you got to do that as their shirt. You have to. Hey, hey Josh, can, can we can we like cut this part out of the podcast? Because I'm now really scared it's they're going to happen. It's got to happen. I'm really scared they're going to be listening to this. So, I've had the taste um, happen, so. OC spray you, then. You know what? You know what? We might do a later podcast where all of a sudden I'll come back and be like, I did. I can't walk now. Like, I have some hip issues. I just went straight down. But it's a possibility. You know what? If, if the defenders came to me and asked, I might do it. I, I might have a rule of no recordings like no, <laughs> no youtube videos. no snapchat no tiktok <laughs> what's not um, fish <laughs> yeah josh with all your tech yeah so um yeah so i kind of bounced around so uh i did not know and i did not listen to any of my leaders for such a long period of time and they're like you should go be a first sergeant you should get out of just sticking into afsc and kind of bounce i had even talked to them about eo world or even ig as some opportunities but they're like nah do this and i was like I don't want to hear the dirt. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want the drama. Right. And that's not what a shirt is at all. And I really wish I listened earlier to those leaders that were kind of guiding me. So um, for all you out there that you have really strong mentors and leaders that are guiding you in a way, they see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And so that's now the biggest thing I do is just tell people you got to believe in yourself because um, that whole you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink yeah they were trying to lead me and I wasn't doing it for a long period of time it's because she had alcohol <laughs> do not judge what is in my water <laughs> so um, yeah I really wish I had listened a little bit more so now on the other side I don't try to necessarily lead people I just try to let them see themselves and so that's what I've really gotten into and um, I think is that passion I don't know if I'll ever, I think I'm gonna find a way to like stitch a diamond like always on someplace. Like I'm not gonna ever like put it in the rank and like be out of uniform, but <laughs> I don't know, like 
we'll see how the military feels about like just a face tattoo. <laughs> I'll say, I have freckles. I'll say honestly, I was a first sergeant for five and a half years, and there comes a time where you're ready to take what you know and bring it back to ah. to people that you originally came from. Um, <clears throat> for that long, I, I did so many different things. I had maintenance. I had two different maintenance units. I had uh, the med group. I had a comm unit. I had the OG. I had WSA. I was all over the place. And the biggest thing that I learned from all of them is everybody's living their own Air Force. Like People say, I don't like the Air Force. You don't like the position you're currently in, or you don't like your supervisor. Let's change it. You know, I just happen to know somebody who can help you do that. They're the career assistance advisor. 100%. So I think that that's like something. job or something. Right. <laughs> I think that's something that I, I, I felt like at, at, at a time in my career as a shirt, I was like, I think I need to go back and I need to give the stuff that I've learned back to those people because typically in our career fields, in these blue collar career fields, you just put your head down and you work. And you never really say, but what can I get back? And I think as leaders, that's part of our job, right? Here, there's so many opportunities out there for you. All you got to do is go to it. Gotcha. That is a great way to look at it. Okay, so maybe you're telling me to rethink my tiny diamond-shaped <laughs> on my face. I mean, do the tattoo. <laughs> Just take it from your face down to your neck, I think is what he meant. Just take it from the face down to the I'm neck. Saying, oh, I got freckles all over, so it's the redhead in me. I'm like, I can definitely go ahead. But I, like, I mean, that's a really good point, especially for all the, the shirts out there. Because once you're in it, it's very hard to see the other side and step away from a passion. Mm -hmm. So I can see how bringing it back. and. I can see how that's a, a strong part of that leadership and that development, that development piece of where you can, what you can bring each day into your career field in the military. Mm -hmm. So, Heck good yeah. way to look at it. It's definitely the perspective is what I kind of want to dive with, dive right into this with, right? It's like having that vision, having that that objective view of what is going on and what what makes you into you and makes you into a, a most amazing, most amazing member. But I want to say it's like. What exactly is that? What exactly are we talking about today, right? What exactly is the subject of this conversation? And is professional development, Crystal, if I had to ask you this question, what is professional development? What would you say? Professional development to me is always something that you're deliberately trying to improve upon yourself. So whether, and we go through cycles in our career and our lives, like I said earlier, so you might be struggling as a new supervisor or even a young master sergeant on how to take EPR bullets and perfect them, but you know what you're struggling with. So you go and you venture forth into the base or into the top three and you try and find ways to deliberately develop yourself where you're struggling. Um, and that's not just a, well, I'm just struggling with bullet writing. It's I'm struggling with maintaining my time because the military demands so much of our time all the time that sometimes you get a little bit sidetracked and broken down that you have to reassess where you're at in your career. And in order to do that, for me, I found the best way to do that is to go and hear other people who have had common struggles and and learn from them and find out what worked for them and then apply it in my career or in my, um, in my, darn it. <laughs> at work <laughs> when I can actually use my yes. brain or in my environment. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, you'll go and you'll sit down and you'll have these deliberate conversations and you'll be able to apply them to your circumstance. So if that happens, then that's great and you're able to learn and then you know, things happen every day in your they life. Do. Yeah, so, and that's what we teach here in all of our PDs. It's not, it's not a one size fits all. It's not going to fix all of your problems, but it will give you the tools you need. And I hate saying tools in your toolbox because, you know, <laughs> that's super cheesy, but it's, it's and been used. <laughs> and then it's been, it's used because it's true. You know, you get these tools, you get these insightful handouts from people's brains, and it's just beautiful. And you get to apply them to your world. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree with you that it is a deliberate process and you have to constantly go out there and keep learning new things. Because once you learn how to write a bullet for the, your one chief and your one commander, you'll get new chiefs and new commanders all the time who write differently. So you're constantly learning new ways to do it. And I think that's the best because when you're learning, you're becoming a better version of you. 
reflection, right? That professional development is very personal. It's, it can vary from person to person. And having each person really understanding how they can use it and how they can leverage it is huge. And before I, before I, I dive in with her material, I want to dive in a little bit more with our CAA, our Career Assistance Advisor. What is professional development? You would make me follow her. <laughs> I feel like her answers were great. Um, I think professional development is something that it's a it's another one of those Air Force buzzwords, right? You hear it and you're like, I get it. And just like everything else that we do, we beat words down. But professional development is every part of your career. It's not just going taking a class on public speaking. It's not just doing your CDCs and studying material. It's not just any one particular portion. Professional development is how you make yourself a better person, a better version of yourself. And whether that means a great leader or a great follower, it really comes down to just helping you be better at being you. Man, better at being you. You don't want to be me, you want to be you? <laughs> I can't be you. You're too old. And I think that's the oh, part that- Josh. <laughs> yeah, everybody's gonna hear that through Josh. If only you can see the baby face that we see. And that's the part that makes it very personal. I mean, besides the baby face, I mean, it's just cause I got that baby smooth skin, the baby oil in the morning. But it's also that professional <laughs> development that kind of develops us, right? That, in the word, in the nutshell, develop us. When I, when I was looking up definitions, I was actually struggling to like really find a key in like, hey, this is professional development and everybody said the same thing. I really didn't find that, but what I found was there's a lot of similarities in it. So let me give you this definition of what I summarized from the things that I read. So professional development is, or rather refers to the process of identifying goals, learning new skills to help you and or me grow and succeed which in turn leads to promotion opportunities, performance recognition, or a change in job position, or at the very least makes us more proficient at the current level and occupation we currently occupy. So that's kind of that summation I take from all that, right? Because there's just so many different pieces we can take and put it together, like that's professional development, or that's professional development, like you said, CDCs, or mentorship, or or guidance from the supervisor, right? That, that kind of pave that path on what direction we take to either progress as a, as a career field to either get really smart and technical at what we do or being become smart and more technical at the leadership we do because it is still a technicality, right? It's still a skill, it's something you have to sharpen. Otherwise it dulls and it really doesn't work as well. But what's what's something you were thinking of when professional development is printed to you, Ms. Kim? Um, you know what? Professional development, what I would sit there and think about is the courses right away. When you said it's the buzzword, it's what we all do, it's the courses we go to. That's the first thing I think of, but not in the scope of sitting down and listening to somebody speak in a presentation, you know, have somebody stand up on the auditorium and say, listen here, this is what it's going to do, and everybody take notes. It's more of that communication piece. It's more of going to five lenses and learning about yourself. It's taking it to an internal scope. Um, needing sometimes the outsource re- the outside resources to kind of bring you back and go, okay, this is kind of the, the understanding, but now let's hear it your way. How do you do it? Now, once you understand yourself, this is how you can then bring it to the next person because everybody's going to be different. I mean, we all came from, Josh, you and I almost followed each other around for a lot of our career, but we are so different and so broad with our understanding of what will help somebody else? You know, um, at one point in time, you came into my office and I had, had an airman come in and they were coming just to talk basic. And I asked, you know, is it okay if you're sitting there? And they were discussing a matter that involved um, their significant other. Yeah. I had one piece I was just trying to enlighten because that's coming from my background. Things that I have learned that I could now impart on him. You had a completely different aspect of it. and. But that was kind of it, that's that piece. So we don't need the formalized way, but we need to truly understand ourselves first to bring it back to somebody else. So when you were talk, uh, talking about the master's program you went through, sir, you were sitting there saying that that might've been the hardest time you were working with the lowest grades, mm-hmm. which you should've worked, look at that. Yeah, uh, the lo- but the, more, <laughs> the most you got out of it, because you were internalizing it, you were seeing how it helped you the most. So the grades, just goes to show you everybody, the grades, it's the number on the, number on a page or Nate, huh, we're not even numbers here. It's a numbers or a letter on a page, depending on what you're looking for, that is just there to tell somebody else, yes, no, you pass, but it's not telling you what you've gotten out of it. So that's kind of what I, what I take. It's internalizing it all and bringing it back into focus. Heck yeah. It's definitely, it's not as cookie cutter as we like to make it sound. You know, we, we do have things that are kind of cookie cutter, like ALS and NCOA and a lot of that PME, you know, like uh, SC, S wow, senior enlisted joint PME, because I can get the letters right eventually. SJ PME. See, shh, don't judge me. But, you know, we have some of that stuff that is kind of cookie cutter, because there are some things that are 
generic, like, hey, what's the Air Force's mission? Hey, what's the Air Force's goal? Hey, what kind of things make you a better airman, right? Or what kind of things make you a better military member as far as communication? So we, we recently changed into senior enlisted leaders. We were, we were very big about superintendent, but we realized, you know, the Air Force was the only one still using superintendent titles. So they switched it over to senior enlisted leader because they wanted us to be able to work together more seamlessly, right? To make it a little less painful. But what are the things we can do that are you know, that aren't so cookie cutter, we got to figure out like a communications course or getting to know yourself like four lenses or like a uh, uh, brain's going to work Enneagram, Enneagram. Those kind of things are the things that help us learn a little bit more about ourselves, but then help us also learn a little bit more about somebody else and what motivates them, what what gets them to get up in the morning and come to work and want to do a good job or what makes them feel empowered and feel like that they're making an impact that they want to make and or learning something they want to learn. But when does professional development stop being a nicety? Or when is it a nicety versus necessity? Oh, Ooh. we're going to turn it to you. We're all looking at you, sir. <laughs> Good question. I wish there was a camera in here so they could see you guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. We want to like hear what you had to say. I'm like, man, she's so into this moment. <laughs> when does it become a nicety instead of a necessity? Is that what you said? Or yes. yes. Both. Uh, I think it's I think it's almost... Oh, while you were talking, I think I can bring this back to this. While you were talking, I was thinking, man, do we need ALS and NCO Academy and Senior NCO Academy if we have good supervisors? Ooh, that's a that's that's right. And I think wow. from a first sergeant perspective, do we need first sergeants if we have super involved super uh, supervisors? I think that one's probably a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, have, take, don't take away much. You have resources, <laughs> right? And that little piece of cloth does something for you, right? You walk in and people are like, oh, sure, what can I do for you? Whereas I could walk in, or a senior, and they're like, sign in, sir. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to help my guy, right? Um, I think there are multiple times throughout your career slash life when professional development becomes a nicety. Um, I do think that there are times that it's necessary to. I think that uh, as you grow up, let me give you an example. Yes. So in the AFI 36, 26, 18, a little brown book, there are three different levels, right? There's the tactical level, the operational level, and the strategic level. Tactical is what you do every single day. Strategic is 10 years down the road and operational is in between. And I feel like at two different points in my career, I have felt that change and that was when it was a necessity. Once was when I was a tech school instructor, um, and this was kind of sad, it happened so late in my career, but I feel like this was my buy-in day, right? Uh, you're, you're in the Air Force, but then you're a part of the Air Force at some point, and this was that day. Uh, I was out putting up a tent, and my instructor supervisor came up, and he was like, hey, I just talked to the commander and the superintendent about um, putting you in for instructor of the quarter. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, you're doing a really great job out here. The way you connect with the students, we, we think it's really impressive. And I was like, oh, thanks so much, sir. He's like, yeah, they said no. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, they said no. And uh, he used a little more colorful language than this, but he said, sometimes you just need to know when to shut up. So what he meant by that was, I don't have to say everything I'm thinking. <laughs> right? As a senior airman, and this is changing. I think we're getting better about this. We're a little more open to people's input. But as a senior airman in my time, um, they didn't want to hear straightforward Luke from New York's opinion. They didn't want it, right? As a senior mass sergeant now, they're like, Luke, we really appreciate your direct communication. <laughs> it's funny how that time has changed, but uh, I, I couldn't do it back then. And I took that as a, okay, it's time in my head. And I think of that as professional development. That conversation was right. when he said, you are thinking day to day and I need you to think bigger than that. Yeah. Um, that was pretty crazy day but <laughs> I, and then with the other one going to strategic uh way of thinking happened like two weeks ago with my supervisor <laughs> we were talking and you know i was like what what am i missing we did our feedback right we walked through the whole thing she's like great thanks for coming in i'm like i got one more question what what do I, what am i missing to be a great leader and she said on this piece of paperwork and i said no i don't care about the paperwork as a person what am i missing and she said, you need to be able to communicate strategic vision to our airmen. And it hurt to hear that. Yeah. Because she said, you are a blue collar guy, you put your head down and you run, and that's good. But now you're a senior master sergeant. It's time you start thinking a little differently. And I'm like, I've been a senior for a long time. <laughs> but I needed to hear it, right? For because sure. I've heard it before. And uh, you know, it's just like somebody says something to you, you're like, yeah, whatever. But then that right person at that right moment, and it gets through, and yeah. it did. 
And I'm like, it's time. I need to make that change. So that was also a professional uh, development moment. So I think those two things were necessities, right? Those had to happen for me to reach the next level of involvement in the Air Force. For me to become the leader that I'm supposed to be, I had to have those tough communications. for necessity, I, I I don't know. I think it's constant for necessity. Or for nicety. I'm sorry, for nicety. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I think, it, I think it's always available. It's up to us to seek it out. We, we at the Professional Development Center send out a monthly you know, newsletter saying, here's what we're putting on, and we try to hit every facet. And every time we do an NCO PES or senior NCO PES, or if I could talk to anybody, I'm like, what do you want to learn? It's not about bullet writing. It's not about you know how to wear your uniform properly. If you don't know how to change a car tire, we're the professional development center. We'll teach you how to change, change a car a tire. tire. Yeah. You know, and we ask people what do they want to learn, and I think that's when it becomes the success or the nicety. Yeah. So I want to point out. So I'm going to take it two ways. Um, your recent conversation that you just had on um, where you're now seeing the strategic side. I had that same one last month, you're kidding. and I had a chief come to me, and <laughs> um, we she she just came to me, and we had a conversation. I had I just said, where are my faults? Because it's a hard question to ask, but it's it's the one you want, and it's so great when people are like, "No, you're great." No, no, that doesn't help me. <laughs> what are my faults? And it was a great leader that says, "You want to know your faults?" Okay, but she's like, "But I'm going to give it to you." She goes, "One of your biggest faults is you will you're go you will do what's needed." She's like, "Somebody has a great idea in a in a meeting, you'll run with it and run with it with them." But she goes, but you don't sometimes look around the meeting going, well, is everybody in buy-in? Or did you just go, I'm going to support this one person and let's let's just run this train and just keep going. Sure. She goes, so you need to look around and get buy-in from many. And she goes, and you need to direct other people to sit there and go, yes, Kim could do it. My, I could do it myself. But now I need to make sure I'm building all these other people to bring with me not just yeah. sitting there going hey if you want to join me come and let me get all these people buy-in she's like you will get a lot of buy-in to come with you but she's like it's more direct going i'm going to step completely away and give it to you to pass fail whatever you're going to do i'll build you up if you're failing but it was it was enlightening for me because i go oh i am just bringing people with me i'm not strategically looking at certain avenues so and it's a fault and I'm going to take it, own it. And I've been running with it. But then on the flip side, I see this necessity of ALS type programs, um, the direct leadership, because I needed back when I was a bouncy <laughs> ball of energy as a senior airman, um, I had a s- supervisor who I adored, but I was that person, no caffeine needed, but that would <laughs> run in the morning and be like, sir, I was thinking last night and then in the, the in the morning, in the shower, like, here's these 10 ideas we should do. Oh my God, and then there's this, and then there's this. That is not for everybody, apparently. <laughs> I did not know people don't like that. Yeah. Um, but I needed, uh, it was actually, in the reserves, we have um, we have ALS, we have the same stuff you do, but um, we had NCO leadership development course. And in that development course, it is a lot of hands-on learning. Mm-hmm. So it's not the development of, let, let me teach you, it's a lot of hands-on. Well, one thing it taught me is everybody's different and you need to judge others in a nice, respectful way and go, what do they need? Well, I looked at my supervisor going, he might not like that. <laughs> so I walked in and said, sir, I'm gonna give you about an hour and a half in the morning. I'm gonna write my ideas down on paper. <laughs> and how about like throughout the week, we just kind of talk over things and we'll go slowly. I can tell you right now, my, my relationship with him changed our um, supervisee and supervisor role change because he was like, huh, I can, I can handle her now. <laughs> I can because digest I this. needed that direct leadership in a different environment, not from a one-on-one with a supervisor who happened to be great because he had a difficult time going, Kim, shut up. <laughs> Apparently nobody else in my career now has that problem. But at the time he just didn't want to take this bouncing senior airman and go, let's tone you back. Mm-hmm. He was trying. But I needed that. I need that harsh reality. So I think it's it's needed. So I love the Air Force has these different aspects and there's different ways that we can go about it. But Josh, I'm going to question you. What are we going to do in this podcast 
to hit on some of this. Man, what are we going to do in this podcast to hit on some of this? So, like, some of these conversations we have are, are, are eye-opening for me, right? I'm sitting back asking these questions, but these are questions that I've heard from others, but also questions I have pondering in the back of my mind. And so we prevent... We're presenting these material, we're presenting these opportunities, we're presenting these different perspectives of, hey, as a, as a chief, as, as a commander, well, as a senior leader, well, as a first sergeant, or as a supervisor, like, what are you seeing right now, right? What, what are you experiencing right now? And on the flip side, how did you get prepared for that? Or how were you not prepared for it? And how did you end up handling the situation, right? Because th- these situations, Yes, can be dynamic and can be can vary depending on the person you're with. But some of us, if not all of us, can use a different perspective because maybe we've never experienced that before. Now, how do we use that, right? How do we present this new material? How do we absorb new material so that when we do finally experience it, we're kind of prepared and we're not taken off, we're not taken aback as, as far like her supervisor was when she was when a bouncing senior airman, all bubbly with no caffeine, because I understand that completely. I'm not like that at all. I'm like that. But it's like it's like... How do you prepare our minds mentally and then be able to practice that, put that into practice? And so we're, we're, we're talking about this because this is happening in real life because a lot of this, a lot of this experience is getting lost. I, I say getting lost, but not being able to be, be shared because a lot of people are like, hey, I've done my 20 years. I, I think I'm done. I'm out of energy. I have no more gas. And I didn't. And it's not that they didn't want to teach anybody, but they could only reach what two, three people. You know, we only have two hands. They can only reach two or three people at a time. And so we're, we're trying to provide it to more people, more, more outwardly, right? We're trying to make it more boisterous, more, more available to be an archive that somebody can pull up and be like, hey, I had, I heard about this like the other day. Let me listen to them real quick. Let me really talk to this and talk it out with myself or talk it out with somebody else that I, I quite, I can't quite communicate with. Cause I don't think the same wavelength they do. And some people are very organized and detailed and have to have their notes one, two, three. But some people like me, just need to hear all the information and then I just start piecing it together and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna work on this puzzle from the corners in. Even though they tell you, you know, you should you should always make the corners first. I make the corners, but then I work the middle. And I'm like, all right, here's the middle pieces. Here's here's the pieces to put together. And it's like they had these coming to Jesus moments recently, and I say coming to Jesus, but the coming 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 to Jesus, the grounded moment where they, they had to really ground their work or really ground their 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 thinking. And I had one more recently as well that they just they were sounded off on and I'm like, wow, did they, did they just take a step in my career? Did they, did they see what just happened to me a couple weeks ago? Did somebody tell them? Cause I don't think I told them. Did I tell you? Did I tell you? No. I didn't think I told you, but at that same moment, like I, I know I can be very, very out there, but sometimes you need that somebody just reel you in like, hey, let's just take the step back. Let's really take a look at the picture you're trying to build. Are you trying to build a today picture? Or are you trying to build a 10 years picture, right? Are you trying to build a five year picture? Are you trying to build a one month picture? And then how exactly are you presenting that picture so that people understand it and grasp both the objective, but also the task at hand. So they know that, hey, yeah, this is the big picture. We're trying to build a new Air Force base, for example, trying to build a new Air Force base, but we need to understand this is, this is the property we're given. Now, how do we make a building? Now, how do we fill that building with bodies? Now, how do we fill that building with bodies that can actually get the job done that'll then flourish and so we can now rinse and repeat? We can copy and paste into the next building. But we can't copy and paste it until we understand the big picture to get back down to the details and, and really drill down of, hey, what do these steps look like? <clears throat> Excuse me. And we, we have some of those conversations in, in some of our podcasts that are coming up, like, what, what, what does it look like becoming an officer, right? What, what are some of the steps they got to go through? What are some of the, the trials and tribulations they went through to get there? What are some of the trials and tribulations they can give us advice on so that we don't trip up on the same hurdle, right? <laughs> like, ooh, the E to O experience. Ooh, the E to O. It's, it's going to be great. I'm telling you, the material is there. And again, we can only give you so much, right? Because we only have so much time. But at the same token, we're trying to give you those big big gotcha moments to kind of avoid the big gotcha moment when you go apply we're also going to have a sit down with like some key leadership and hopefully hopefully the wing want some of the wing cc leadership hint hint clue clue chiefs can come sit down with us and we can have this conversation of hey we, we want to hear your experience a little bit and understand how you've overcome that but then what do you expect from us as well what, what do you expect to get from us so that we can we can actually develop into what the vision is of either the wing or the squadron or the group we're also trying to have a sit down with some some of our retired members and talk about you know what does life look like at the end right what what how did you overcome the anxiety I, and that's the anxiety because it's anxiety for me but how did you overcome that struggle or that hurdle of transitioning 
from the military back into the civilian world, how to, what what made it simpler for you? We also uh, maybe some programs. We should definitely talk about some programs that would help us do that. So I think there are some programs that the Air Force has. We'll definitely be looking into that. That yeah. will help us transition. I mean, that's great for most people, but bottom line, there's only really one thing most members really care about, <laughs> and we happen to know somebody here on Herbert Field. What do you think if I were to say the words Money Mike, Sergeant Levesque? Money Mike. Oh, yeah, he'd be a good addition. We'd get him in talking about... Uh, uh, the money, money, money. That's yeah, the, right. How, do we, how yeah. do we save it? How do we handle it? Right. What do we do with it? TSP, that's what I was looking for. Heck yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to hit on that. So Ooh, I think that would be that. a nice, nice way because when you, when you get those things around mm-hmm. us, the, the stressors in our lives, everything else that we have to deal with, I mean, the last thing we want to stress about is going into that retirement place later in life, and how are we gonna pay our bills? Mm -hmm. Like all of that is just so compounded on us. So I think if we were to bring in Money Mike and have a conversation, that would help. Heck yeah, no, definitely understand what that TSP is building. Like, yes, there's BRS and yes, traditional, both of them have advantages. We could talk about that a little bit, right? We can understand some of the some of the key differences between them, but then also understand the key similarities between them and how we both, excuse me, how we all, I say both, there's more than two of us in here, <laughs> how we can all sure. all take advantage of this and, and build for our future as well. And again, we're not, we're not focused on just those topics. We'll have several topics and we're always looking for that feedback. So definitely contact us, reach out to your local professional development team don't just spam those emails. Hit them back. You can also contact us at our Ask Canada Commando email as well. And that work box is between all the prof- both professional development teams, both on Duke and here on Herbert. And we definitely will get that in there. We'll, we'll either give you a response if it's something we can answer real quick or we'll bring it to the mic and we get it recorded so everybody can hear it. Maybe it's something we all were unaware of because we, we definitely don't know it all. So, you know, Levesque's been in longer than me. Ken's been in a little bit longer than me. And and Crystal's <laughs> been, I mean, she's almost a baby. I mean. <laughs> she's almost a baby. <laughs> but, but so you brought up something right now, and I don't think we've actually t- touched it during this conversation so far, but Ooh. we have it where we have our two active duty members with us, then we're reservists. So why are we even doing it where there's active duty and reserves, and why is it candid commandos? So that's a that's a good one, and I'm going to just speak on it really Actually. basic. We're here. We're in the Emerald Coast, by the way. Come visit us. Be nice in our area. But it's absolutely stunning. But right here we have Eglin. We have Herbert. We have 7th. We have 6th Rangers. We have Duke Field. We have quite a bit of military surrounded us. But at heart, between our reserve base and right here on Herbert Field, we are AFSOC through and through. Mm-hmm. So, and being that, we are then the, can- the commandos. So we got that going for us. So then we had the name. We kind of bounced it around a little bit. You don't want to know what we didn't name ourselves. Hey, well, but I had a good idea in there. There's a, okay. Um, <laughs> but we went with Candid Commandos because what we want to do is have conversations in this TFI mission between our reserve counterparts and our active duty counterparts to make sure that we're all on the same page because in this area and even throughout the entire um, military, we are working together. We want to make strives to work together in this TFI mission because there's it's one team one fight and one of the conversations i think we definitely need to go into is what is a reservist we all know what active duty is you guys get the paycheck every single week but how how is the reserve we earn the paycheck oh, all right all right good, good on that air one. quotes um but so we need to have a conversation about what it is to be a reservist because many of our reservists are working right here with um their counterparts in the active duty at the first sow with the 492nd i mean you guys got it going on, but at the same time, we work on the reserve side with you guys daily. We have reservists out there at our base, or active duty at our base at Duke Field just down the road. So we need to have that conversation piece of what is the reserves, what is the active duty, what are our differences? So I think going into it, that's what our podcast is about, is bringing the both sides, TFI, in our community, what's going on in our community, and how to make it better. So I think that's going to be a good one we can bring to light soon. Heck yeah. And people too, right? I mean... Yes, you're reservists and we're active, but we're all people. And these subjects that we're hitting on are all... right me in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> these have subjects we're hitting on are all beneficial to anybody who's listening. We could have plenty of spouses or civilian workers that are Ooh. listening and get real good information that maybe their spouse doesn't care about right now because they're brand new to the Air Force, they don't know they're going to stay in or whatever. I mean, that, especially the money Mike. Man, when he comes... I bet he's going to give us really good information. Heck yeah, and it's it, that that all puts it together, right? It's it's understanding that TFI, it's understanding that we're all people. Like, what topics can we bring to you? And professional development is a good good 
jump off point, right? Professional development's a great jump off point because we can all relate to that, both as military and as civilians. We can both relate to that and understand that there's a lot of things we got to do it. But then, yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it, but why, right? It's why. And I think this is the, where we sum up, sum, summarize exactly why we're doing this, this episode and why we're doing the podcast. And Kim nailed it 100%. Professional development happens when we're sharpening each other. So we have to interact with each other. We have to take the expertise and the perspective and the personal abilities about this. Crystal mentioned this too. I'm giving you credit, Crystal. Taking that personal perspective and that personal experience and really sharing it with somebody else because maybe it's something they haven't experienced before or maybe it's something they just need a different perspective because that's not the way they would see it or the way they experienced it or the way they've learned it because there's numerous ways to learn we all learn a little bit differently so we got to kind of cater to that a little bit and tailor some of our conversations that way so that when we when we're learning from each other we're, we're gaining material we're efficiently communicating and we're getting the job done at the same time and it's always about getting the job done but people do come first which i believe is a soft truth if i'm not mistaken humans first and always and look it up don't believe me look it up that's one of those things that we we want to har- wow Harvest. chime in yeah <laughs> focus in laser target on like put that at the forefront of your mind whenever you're doing anything is humans first Humans, you need people to get the job done. You need people to have the job to even exist to get done. So we're, we're always helping people, but we can only help people as much as we want to help people and provide as much as we can to help those people as well. You know, I like that you're talking about that. Uh, I think we all came up in an Air Force where it was mission first, people always, yeah. right? That was kind of a thing that we heard. And all of us, as we were coming up, were like, no, take care of the people. And now we're all in these leadership roles where we can say, we're going to take care of the people and watch the mission get done. It's so funny seeing the shift in the train of thought, and now we're in the positions to be able to make that next change and let our airmen see what we're doing and go, that's wrong. We're going to start creating the next Air Force. You know, So it's funny you verbalize that. Heck, yeah. No, I love it. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently. I won't endorse them now, but I will send some links out if you want it. Let me know. There's a lot of things about that leadership and understanding that why and understanding, like you said, people being taken care of take care of the mission you don't have to focus on the mission anymore once you've reached those leadership goals it's are my people taken care of how do you know it's not taken care of because the job ain't getting done or they are taken care of because the job is getting done um but if you don't have anything else for us miss kim sir luke covered it i I want to hear what all this uh other stuff's going i know i know sitting together it's it's hard for you guys i'm gonna i'm gonna break it down you got two redheads always here staring you down being like let's go next 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 (laughs) so um between Crystal and I, I think we're good. Heck yeah, heck yeah, and I love that, Sir Luke. Did you have anything else as well? No, I think I'm good. I, I, Sir I'm, Luke. <laughs> I really hope that uh, we can really delve into stuff that people want to hear. Uh, we have the ability to do whatever you want. Really, we're we're looking for ideas. What would be best for the audience? Because we can come up with ideas all day long. What we think you want to hear, but I also still use Facebook, so we're probably missing a mark on some things. Definitely get that social media presence there for sure. That way people can <laughs> tag and, and fish. What's it called? Fish? Snap? Fish. No, we're not going snap fish. We're, and we're definitely not doing TikTok. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what presence. But, I mean, at, at the beginning they heard our email address with Candy Commandos. So we'll definitely get the email going and make sure that we have this communication piece. But talk to your senior leaders. Talk That's to it. professional development at your bases. Um, talk to all the resources. So gotcha. we're going to be out there. You're going to hear about us more and more. We're going to be in your faces. In your faces. And with that said, I'll have to go ahead and wrap our episode up. As always, quiet professionals, keep on keeping on. See you. The views expressed within this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent the views of the U.S. Air Force, the Air Force Reserves, or the Department of Defense or its components. No endorsement of any kind is ever intended. Thank you for listening to today's episode that was provided to you by the Herbert and Duke Field development teams with the support from the First Sow PA. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please reach out to us at the following email address, afsockcandidcommandos at us.af.mil. That is A-F-S-O-C dot C-A-N-D-I-D dot C-O-M-M-A-N-D-O at U-S dot A-F dot mail. Or reach out to your local development team and we will be glad to hear from you. Until next we meet, anytime, anyplace, anywhere, helping build air commandos who are ready today, relevant tomorrow, and resilient always.